Media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Well, thanks for that, uh, Zodwat. Sunday morning, two hours of marketing, branding, advertising, journalism, basically anything that, uh, maybe kick out the word basically, just anything that communicates really is what we talk about here every Sunday morning, 9 to 11. You can communicate with me on air, 891 You can tweet at Ashraf Garda. You can SMS to 34701, 34701. Lots to talk about, including a fascinating new book uh, regarding advertising And the law, something you shouldn't miss. We'll talk about that around 9.30. But for now, how about this? We know the role of an editor. I think we we know what the role of the editor is. So what about editing versus censorship? Or should I replace that with editing versus self-censorship? What's the difference? Uh, And how do they play each other out? It's a fascinating thought. And we'll talk about that up to about 9.30. I've got three guests, Professor Anton Harbour with me who's the Caxton Professor of Journalism and Media Studies, as well as Director of the Journalism Program at the University of Advantage from Professor Harbour. It hasn't been a while. Good chatting to you. Hi. Good morning, and uh, good morning to your listeners. Yeah, thank, thank you. We're also joined by uh, Moshwesha Monale, who's the Deputy Editor of the, the Mail and Guardian. Moshwesha, good chatting to you. Hi. Hi, good morning. Thanks so much for your time. We'll be joined by Jovial Rantau pretty shortly. Let's start then by chatting to Professor Anton Harbour. So your thoughts on it on the initial point, editing versus self-censorship. What, in fact, do you understand by that question? Well, editors make decisions all the time and have to make decisions about what they want to carry, um, what they want to ignore, what's important uh, to their audience. Um, and an editor, you know, an editor has to make those decisions. It can't just be that stuff lands on his or her desk and uh, it goes into the newspaper. There's a series of decisions to be made about what is news and what isn't news. Okay, so, so, so understand it, for those who don't understand it that well, the editor is almost like the coach of a cricket or, or a rugby team, isn't it? They have to make the decisions ultimately who plays, who doesn't play. So in this case, what goes into a newspaper, what doesn't get in. Is that correct? Yes, well, it, 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 the, the editor is the, is the symbolic person who often delegates the decision to to other more junior editors. Um, but, you know, it's a series of decisions starting with what you're going to cover and what you're not going to cover, how you're going to deploy your resources. All of those are decisions that affect our, uh, the news that we get in the end and the stories we hear and the stories we never hear. Now, now there's a sense among some people, and of course I'm generalizing, uh, uh, Professor Harbour, that sometimes editors, and we understand their role, they then indulge in, let's call it, self-censorship. What do you understand by that? Well, let me put it this way. Censorship is if you make those decisions under pressure or fear from inappropriate external sources, such as a government or a, or a financial interest, a business, that puts undue pressure on the editor to make a decision that isn't based on the values you would hope it's based. You hope the editor makes decisions based on what they believe their particular readership needs and wants to know and is driven by a sense of ethical news values um, to do that. If that editor is making decisions in order to sell advertising or to keep a politician happy or to save their own skin because they're, uh, they're, they're under pressure of some sort or another, um, then they are likely to start practicing uh, self-censorship in that their decision is, 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 is being unduly affected and clearly... That affects what news we may or may not have. And, and how prevalent is that, the latter, that is? I think it's a problem everywhere um, because editors are always uh, under pressure from all sides. 
Um, uh, it's the nature of the job that everyone wants to influence the flow of news and information, um, both uh, benignly and malignly. Um, so it's part of what the editor has to deal with, and one hopes one has editors who are strong and independent enough to say, well, this might be a difficult decision because my advertiser might get upset, for example, or the politicians might be on my back, or I might face uh, arrest or being charged, but it's something my readers have to know, and one hopes that uh, with a sense of moral and ethical obligation, the editor is able to make that decision. Okay, that's your thoughts. Uh, we'll be joined by Jovial Rantana in a moment. Moshweshwe Monare is the deputy editor of the Mail and Guardian. Your thoughts, Moshweshwe, editing versus self-censorship? Look, I, I agree with Paul um, in a sense that to me the total independence is, it, it, um, pertains to the fact that editorial, members of the editorial staff should take decisions, whether those decisions are wrong or right. And the, those decisions also should be based on ethical editorial considerations. That is, I'm saying this is that sometimes the distinctions, like um, Professor Hava has already said, is also based on the motive of taking those kind of decisions. And like you're saying, on the issue of self-censorship, sometimes the, 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 the pressure could come from, you know, the, 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 the feeling that perhaps, you know, I don't want other journalists, other media mm-hmm. organizations or other people to think that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, um, I can't, you know, run this particular story or I can't run this particular story. So that kind of motive to say, what is it that, you know, you, you, you take your decision based on? Also, can lead to self censorship. Okay, well, it's and the other thing is, yeah, okay, in on. terms of in terms of prevalence, um, I think also all over the world, the fact that you know, newspapers, especially print newspapers, are under pressure commercially. That's where also the editors um, are under pressure to you know to kind of withstand that commercial pressure. Mm-hmm. To say, am I going to run this story or am I not going to run this story? Even if the guys in the advertising or the guys in the pub- in the publisher's office are saying that if you run or if you don't run, um, we, we run the risk of losing a mega advertiser. So those are the kind of things that editors, as the newspapers are under commercial pressure, have to face. All right, it, uh, it raises some interesting issues. Jovial Rantawa is now with us. He's the editor of the Sunday Independent, also chair of the South African Editors Forum. Jovial, good chatting to you. Hi. Hi, Asraf. Um I'm chair of the Southern African Editors Forum, not the South African Editors Okay, Forum. Slight, slight difference, but I think it's, it's, it's very pronounced in terms of that difference. Appreciate that uh, correction, right? So with that in mind, let, let's then talk about the, the role of the editor. Is the editor under pressure uh, not to act objectively on the one hand as we think the role of the editor should be versus under pressure to, to appease a whole range of different groupings and that plays out in the role of the editor? The, the, the editor... Editor is always under pressure, stuff. Um, but the the guiding light uh, for for me is, is the truth, and it's, the guiding light is good and ethical journalism. You know, the editor will always be under pressure, whether it's direct or indirect, from uh, readers, from 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 advertisers, and from institutions such as political parties, etc., etc. But what uh, is our greatest defense uh, from any pressure from anywhere uh, is, is Journalism that is ethics-based, journalism that tells the truth, journalism that is, uh, in terms of the, the the rule book that all of us call call the Bible, you know. So the, the pressure um, in, 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 the, in the 
HSS office is always there. It's massive. It, it, it varies from time to time. But you've got to have this defense that uh, I think all of us are talking about ready so that uh, you can bounce off this, this, this uh, attack if and when they come. And, and your thoughts in that, in so far as editors are under pressure, uh, we often talk about censorship and we, and we, despite the fact that somehow media is critical of, of how government plays out certain issues, we can say South Africa doesn't indulge in censorship. However, do we indulge in self-censorship because there's behind-the-scenes efforts to, to not play out certain stories? Jovio? I don't think it's, 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 a, it's a generic problem, but I think uh, it, it varies from editor to editor. You know, um, in, uh, but the, the key thing here is, is to make sure that you avoid finding yourself in a situation where you think, oh, uh, should I be publishing this story because it will upset uh, Mr. X or Mr. Y for this reason or that reason. Um, but again, I go back to, to the defense. You know, if, if you are sure that the, the person that you serve, uh, the most important person in your life as, as an editor is the reader, and you make sure that what you uh, practice in your newsroom is, is good, uh, ethical uh, based, uh, excellent journalism, then uh, you know, self-censorship doesn't even come into play. But if you want to play uh, the game and appease certain people, then you'll find yourself saying, oh, I can't do this because you'll have said Anton or Mishashe, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, well, it gets me thinking, and I want to... Take some calls if you have strong opinions on it. Censorship or editor, editing versus self-censorship. 0891-104207. You heard the words of uh, Jovial Rantau. We also have Mushrefshia Monali with us and Professor Anton Harbour, who's the Caxton Professor of Journalism and Media Studies, as well as Director of the Journalism Program at uh, the University of Advantage Professor Harbour, now, now that part is interesting, which gets me thinking that, that the role of the editor 2015 is, is almost less about the ability of deciding what's right for uh, for a reader, uh, in this case if we're talking newspapers, but more importantly to be able to have the mental capacity, in this case the strength to be able to ward off different interest groups that put pressure on you. Um, yes, I think a great deal of uh, courage and strength is needed to be an editor because you're under pressure from everyone, including your own staff. So your staff generates a story, you're under pressure to run it, but you think it's wrong to run it, sometimes you have to make that decision. Uh, can I give you a couple of recent international examples? Please do, yeah. Of, 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 of the dilemma. Um, I read yesterday an interview with the, the new New York Times editor. Well, he's not so new anymore. He's been there maybe a year or 18 months. Mm-hmm. And he says how often they get calls from the American, uh, from the presidency, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say, look, we know you've got a story that affects national security. We're asking you not to run it because it affects our national security and people might die as a result. And it gives them a dilemma every time. He says that 70% of the time they say, we disagree with you, there's there's not much at stake, we're running the story. And he talks about a couple of times where he's withheld a detail or a whole story and regretted it. Um, uh, But he did it, he said, for for reasons he, he was happy with in that he thought it would risk lives. Um, and that's an example where an editor has to make a very difficult decision. Um, knowing the story, um, he's under pressure from his staff mm-hmm. to do the story. Knowing the story is something his readers should want to know. But what if it actually means soldiers, for example, are going to die? All right, but you see, that, that's an interesting one that plays out even in this country, Professor Harbour, which is what is in the, in the 
interests of the public or the public's right to know versus what has been seen as what is in the national interest. So, so how will the South African editors perform by, by that criteria? Well, we hope they're informed by, by the public's right to know. I don't think there's a conflict between the public's right to know and uh, the national interest. Um, it's in everyone's interest to save lives if a story is going to uh, endanger people's lives. I don't think there's a, there's a conflict there at all. But sometimes it's a difficult decision to make about whether it's just political pressure to try and stop you running the story or whether there's a genuine threat. Okay, that's your opinion. Uh, in fact, Brian Kamalo asking a question by SMS, uh, wondering whether editors get, get paid to, effect, and I'm paraphrasing here, to effectively politically assassinate, uh, in this case, certain high-profile individuals. Editors can't see the story would be a personal attack itself. Jovia Rontal, your, your thoughts on that, which is this, that, you know, can, this issue about being objective, you know, can, can one talk about an editor now of, uh, as being objective as opposed to being balanced? But I, 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 I think this is a little bit of both. I don't think it's either or. You know? I think the editor has got to be objective, the editor has got to be balanced. And, you know, the, the, the editor takes a decision at the end of the day. But what is also uh, very important here is that the editor acts as part of a collective. And this sort of debate that we're having uh, uh, with you uh, uh, this morning, Ashraf, this sort of debate must take place in the newsrooms, you know, where uh, the, uh, the core that surrounds the editor would, would discuss either the front page or the lead, and, 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 and people will tease these issues on whether or not the, the facts can speak for themselves, whether the story is corroborated or whether the story is one-sided or not. You know, these are decisions that that happen in almost every newsroom, and I think for me that is the big test. You know, and and the the deciding factor here has got to be the fact. Uh, if the facts can can back up the story, mm-hmm. and then if you then fulfil your ethical obligations by making sure that you tell all sides of the story then we're good to go. All right, so, so your thoughts then, and I know sometimes readers or, or, or listeners don't quite understand that the different radio stations or TV stations or newspapers, in fact, have different markets and they play to that market. So what's critically important in one market may not necessarily be the other. However, editors, or in this case, media houses, often are accused of choosing sides and deliberately adding or omitting certain stories based on their agenda. Do you, do you find that, in fact, editors uh, or media houses have an agenda, Jovial? Media houses uh, have an agenda, and their agenda is to tell the truth. You know, as, as far as I'm concerned, as an editor. You know, the, our, our agenda is very simple and very uh, uh, straightforward. Uh, if, you, if you tell the truth, without fear and without favor. Uh, and if sometimes, you know, people who are affected by what we publish uh, do tend to want to put a spin on, on the things that is on the page of the newspapers today that, uh, you know, this editor doesn't like me or doesn't like this organization. But, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, you know, the facts prevail. The facts tell the truth. Our agenda is to tell the truth. Moshesha Monari is the deputy editor of the Mail and Guardian. Now, b- based upon that point from, from Jovial Moshesha, which is, which is interesting, mm. uh, we often get people, and I, I get letters and emails, tweets every single day, in fact, where either by covering a story you seem to be supporting or not supporting, or by 
omitting to cover a story, you're accused of, of the same thing. So the point I'm making in, in the public eye, and I am generalizing, of course, right, there is a perception that, it, that, it, uh, that editors, or in this case media houses, the agenda is not simply to cover the truth, but is to, is to push a certain line, which, which is a slightly different thing. Well, it's dramatically different, in fact. Uh, look, um, you, 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 you can't satisfy everybody. Um, like we said at the beginning, to say as the editor, you have to make those decisions. One is the question of saying that whatever you do, it has to be in the public interest and you have to um, base your decisions on ethic, on editorial considerations. However, it's true. It's true the fact that the um, Daily Sun is different from Mail and Guardian, the Sunday Times is different from the Sunday World. It's true that you are serving a different market in terms of your tone, in terms of story that you want to cover, and that's the role of the editor to say, hey, people that I'm speaking to will be interested in this kind of stories. But you need to be careful that it's not the question of saying um, the only consideration would be I want to sell, but not really um, uh, uh, running a newspaper. Um, so the accusation that you, you, are, you, you, you are taking a particular line, it is based on the fact that surely you are not going to talk about the kind of things that um, the Daily Sun prioritizes. Um, if you edit the Merengue, you know, or if you edit the, 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 the Sunday Times, it's not the question of taking a particular line. It's the question of saying that you know your audience, you know your readers, and those decisions have to be yours as the editor. And um, the other thing is that we also have to be careful that we, we you know, as editors, we don't account to, to ourselves. You know, that is why the, the, the key consideration, which is crucial in editing, is, 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 is public interest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based on editorial consideration. And also going back, if I could touch on the, um, the issue that you raised before about, about the pressure. You know, Men and Guardian, for example, let's see, you, have, you, could, you, know, you might have read a story that we ran some weeks ago. You know, we are also under commercial pressure where government feels that we are hostile, um, yes. we are hostile towards it. And, you know, there are already threats that they could pull advertising. So it's one of those kind of things where, you know, people in the commercial division of the paper, you know, are feeling that pressure. And But as editorial, you have to say, look, it's not a question of saying we are hostile or we are going to prove a point to government, but we are editing a paper. And those decisions has to be the decisions of members of the editorial staff and based on ethical and editorial consideration. All right, then let's, see how, let's see whether, in fact, editors are under serious pressure regarding commercial interest in just a minute. I'll get two quick calls, maybe three maximum I can take. If you get on, make it short and sharp, please. Uh, Pat from, from Muffy Kang. Hi, Pat. Pat, hi. Hello, hello. You, yeah, my, you, my, my question relates to whether Mushesha Munaring is a, is a supporter of the PAC or not, because uh, a couple of weeks back he was accused of being a PAC supporter, and it, the, the information didn't come from him, it came from somebody else, and he didn't clarify that. So I feel that if he was a part of the PAC, we would have seen it in the paper. Uh, so I just wanted him to, to clarify that one. Thank you. Okay, got that. We'll get an answer. There, there were some chuckles in the background. We'll get an answer in a second. Sigin Renberg, go ahead. Hi. Uh, good morning. Uh, I wanted to uh, uh, ask whether, whether the Sunday Independent ever paid the appropriate penalty for defaming our public protector, our honest public protector, and we know who would defame her. Only one party in this country would defame her. Uh, uh, but but uh, you see, but but you see, you, and, you're, and, not, and, you're not sticking to the broader issue of the discussion. But yes, the discussion is the editor led it through. How dare the editor put a front page uh, 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 
poster a poster story to defame the public protector when it's false wrong and and okay got that let's not not tenable got that got a, let, let's get a response thanks for that uh sick sms i'll check out in a minute Mishwisha Monari, just just respond to those uh, to those calls <laughs> i really don't see uh, the, the relevance of this question okay let me put it this way the last time i was a party supporter um, um i was 18 you know so since my professional life as a journalist i never supported any political party Okay. In, in fact, I would think if, if you were, uh, probably the PSC would have far more votes than they're having right now. I mean, that's just another <laughs> thought, thought anyway, so then you're not doing a very good job of it. Yeah. Prof- Professor Edwin Harbour, just, just comment then about, about this important issue that was brought up. That is, you know, the editor in terms of putting out what's right or, or what he or she sees is right uh, for the reader versus commercial interest. If you don't have advertising, you, that, that newspaper will close down. Are editors under pressure? Of course they are, particularly at a time when newspapers generally under uh, under economic pressure because of what's happening in, in the media and advertising world. So maybe the biggest pressure on editors at the moment is uh, the pressure to keep their products financially viable and uh, to keep advertisers happy and to win readers. So, so yes, what shapes our newspapers uh, probably more than anything else is the desire to build a certain kind of readership and a certain kind of advertiser and produce a product um, that does that. So, okay. yes, that undoubtedly... Can I come in there? Yeah, go, go. is that Jovial, right? Go ahead, Jovial. No, 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 go ahead, sorry, yeah, carry on. Yeah, look, man, in, in terms of that commercial pressure, um, it's, it's, you know, sometimes we tend to think that this is the only model that newspaper... Um, newspapers have to follow you know to me the the, the pressure that um, came about as a result of social media the online journalism model should actually um you know prod and prompt us as, as journalists to really look at the alternative models because my worry is one is that if we're going to follow the the current model which is an old model of um selling the audience to the advertisers so that mm-hmm. you know you generate revenue from there that kind of pressure like you are saying that is either we're going to succumb to it or we're going to close down so to me is a question of saying that for us to continue this ethical journalism that um guarantees editorial independence it, it's really about time that we i know that you know we are trying internationally uh, the media are trying to look at the alternative model um, but to me, that's the, that's the only route for to make us survive and to really retain that integrity as um, you know uh, editors. Okay, jo- jo- Jovial Rantau, let me bring you in on that one. There, are you are you under pressure as per discussion of, of of not covering certain stories because advertisers would be very unhappy and your paper would lose a fortune if they if they pull. No, it's not to direct pressure. You know what we what we face almost on an ongoing basis is. Uh, uh, you know, uh, discussions that that we have to have with our own advertising colleagues who uh, would, would rush to us with the messages from um, advertisers who are upset by this or the other story. And, and we use that opportunity to educate the advertising colleagues about editorial policy, editorial codes of conduct, and editorial ethics. You know, and as a result, we, we at, at, in, in the newspapers have formed a little subcommittee where we uh, once a month, I, I spend time with advertising executives to talk about whatever issues are arisen, um, to try and help them understand what we do, and 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 and, and so that you know they they can answer 
the, the questions and, and deal with the pressure from that end uh, without necessarily bringing it to us. But the pressure is, is, is always there and, and comes from all different directions. All right, and the question is, how do you withstand that, Professor Anton Harbour? I mean, you know, the point Mushwishya made, maybe a, a different uh, business model, but I think we, we sort of light years uh, before we get to that, isn't it? Well, certainly I think uh, that everyone's thinking about biz- different business models. It, it has to be the case. Um, there's a lot of different approaches to that. But uh, the fact is, at the end of the day, you do rely on the strength and integrity and courage of the editor uh, to protect his publication and to protect his staff from all of these pressures. What, what about, and, and the current, your thoughts, we'll, we'll wrap up in about three minutes now, but your thoughts then in terms of the relationship between, in this case, government, the state, and, and the media, in terms of the various chats they've had, you know, are you, are you happy with that, that balance uh, and, 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 the, and the tension that is created and sometimes not so, Professor Harbour? Um, no, I, 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 I um, look, we, 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 a bit of tension between the different players in the media world and political world is a good thing. Um, but what we really have to work hard to protect is that space for editors to make independent public interest decisions. And my sense is that um, particularly uh, financially and politically, there's a great deal of pressure on that independent space that allows editors to make uh, the decisions they really want to make. Tell you what, in, in the next few minutes, the, the other part, which I just want to touch on, and we can wrap up with this one, starting with uh, Moshwesha Manari, which is the, the move now, you, you made that point about advertising, the move therefore from whether it's, the, whether it's government, whether it's uh, parties that are in government, let's say in this case the ruling party, the ANC or others, to effectively own their own media space to say, we actually don't need you, we will push what we want and we will advertise in our own uh, media, you know, periodicals. How? What, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, but look, the, 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 if the motive is more about um, disagreeing with the mainstream media, um, I'll, I'll say, look, firstly, we need to be honest about the fact that the mainstream media, given the, the, the um, you know, the, the commercial interest and other things, sometimes in do not necessarily reach the people who matter. That is why we came up with the, um, the, with the MDTA. But if it's going to be the question of really just turning out propaganda, to me that's the abyss of because people must remember that governments come and go, you know, and they are the temporary bearer of authority. So if you're going to say I'm government, I'm going to come with my, new, my own newspaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what happens if you're out of power? Are we going to have, because... To me, that's a problem that if it's going to be about, you know, what the China propaganda, and it also is the, is the abuse of taxpayers' money. Okay, you know, that's your thought. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind that you can have your GCIS and other communications tool um, or other alternative methods of reaching people if you think the mainstream media can, but it cannot be that I want my own propaganda missionary because, um, you know, the media is hostile to me. Governments come and go. All right. Would you be concerned? Jovia Rontal, maybe final word from your side. Before I get to you, questions. Newspapers sometimes publish adverts that are clearly criminal, like these bogus prophets promising things that are clearly impossible, uh, like, uh, well, it says pens enlargement. I have a, thing, I have a sense there's a, there's a word missing there. Maybe it's been edited out of that anyway. Jo- Jovia Rontal, <laughs> jo- Jovia, what, what are your thoughts then uh, about that, the, 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 the move towards self-ownership? 
Doesn't that, in fact, pose a huge threat to the future of existing media houses, which will then force a rethink to make it more compliant to stay in business? Well, I, th- I think the, 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 the basic principle there is that we need as many voices as we can in the media space. So we need to encourage people, new, more, more media owners instead of a few. You know, but in, in doing so, we need to make sure that the, the pillars that uh, uh, help and run our, uh, our businesses, the pillars that separate advertising ownership and, 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 and editorial stay in place so, 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 so that the, the editor is then giving space and, 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 and room to, to take decisions and to grow an audience and to address the, the, the audience's needs. And the, the owner and, and advertisers can focus on... on, on uh, the commercial side of the business. If, if the two get mixed, then you're going to have problems. Well, many believe it does get mixed. Let's uh, let, let's leave it at accepting. I'm going to give the final word to Professor Anton Harbour. A, a question we haven't answered or asked, rather, maybe an issue we haven't resolved yet. What, what's troubling you? Well, just to pick on something you said about whether the government can use its advertising uh, to support its own media and its own voice, I think it's important to say that it's illegal and unconstitutional uh, because it's, 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 it's public money, it's taxpayers' money, and they're obliged to use it um, efficiently and in the most effective way. And if they're using it to, to make political decisions and to support themselves politically, it would be illegal. Okay, that's your thought. Maybe just leave that in the air for another time. If it's illegal, is it happening? Is it being planned? And what does that really mean? Well, thanks for your time, Professor Anton Harbour. appreciate your input, Jovial Rantau, as well as uh, Moshwishwe Monari. Thanks so much for that. Uh, and uh, the, the SMS. I haven't get, got through all of them and the tweets as well. But uh, keep on tweeting. We'll get to other issues.